Are you sending direct mail? Is your phone ringing off the hook with motivated seller calls? If it's not, it's probably because you're not marketing. One of my favorite ways to reach motivated sellers is by using direct mail. And the reason is, is I can target those who may have recently got a divorce or who have inherited a property from a death um, and so on and so forth. I can also target high equity. I can target absentee owners. And it is a tried and true way to get your message out. And more importantly than that, to get your phone ringing. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail so you can see the exact mail provider that I use. I want to share them with you. They do letters and postcards. Letters as low as 59 cents and postcards as low as 39 cents. Mike and I send hundreds, if not thousands of postcards and letters to motivated sellers in our market every single week. Reason is, is because it works and we are going to continue to send direct mail because it works. So if you're not using a mail provider already, we want to share with you the company that we use. And they will hook you guys up with special pricing. Mention David Dodge or Mike Slane when you contact them. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail to get more information. Welcome to the Discount Property Investor Podcast, where we show you how to buy real estate at a discount so you can create wealth over time and income today. Our mission is to share what we have learned from the experience of others and help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate, the Discount Property Investor way. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. My name is Mike Slane, joined with uh, David Dodge here. Hey, guys. Uh, we wanted to welcome you guys back. This is uh, an episode on teamwork, uh, titled Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. Love this, that title. Yeah, this is something that Dave and I, I think, truly embrace, and I know that it's 10 x my business, um, listening to that book by Grant Cordone. So uh, I know that it's definitely taken my business from the solopreneur uh, drudgery to something that I consider a real business. And mm. I've, I've come into the office and just been smiling and happy and talked to Dave about this and said, hey, Dave, we have a real business. Like It's great. It, it is. It's just super exciting. Um, so what do we do? We are primarily a wholesale company, guys. And if you've listened to our previous podcasts, you know that we are pretty passionate about teaching you guys how to begin investing in real estate through wholesaling. So you can get started with little to no money down. Uh, go back and check out our first uh, probably 10 to 20 episodes. We really dive in uh, pretty deep on how to wholesale. We've mm -hmm. put together also a free course called freewholesalecourse.com uh, that teaches you everything you need to know to get started in wholesaling. So that is really our driving force, I think, behind this podcast is we've taken a lot from real estate investing and we want to give a lot back as well. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't, please go check that out and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you guys think. We're always tinkering it with it and trying to improve it, make it better for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's the uh, feedback section in the free wholesale course. So if you take the course, we would love to hear your feedback. 
you know, we want to continuously improve and make it better and provide value to the listeners and the viewers. So, yeah, guys, thanks Great. for listening today. Great. So let's let's dive right in then, Dave. Let's talk a little bit about teamwork. And uh, I guess we'll start off with the importance of teamwork uh, and kind of why. Why would you want to build a team and share your wholesale profits? I mean, why, why would you want to give away half right. or Well, I can tell you about why I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, let's I mean? do Let's just yeah, let's talk about that. Right. So, you know, when I met Mike, this is probably, I don't know, Close, close to a year About ago, a year ago, almost yeah. at this point. Um, you know, I was a solopreneur. Um, I was doing wholesaling, and I was doing it on my own. Um, I didn't have a team; it was just me. I was working twelve, thirteen, fourteen-hour days, and it was just very stressful. You know, I was I was doing all of the roles. I was, I was sending out my mail or hanging my bandit signs. I was going out on the appointments. I was talking to the sellers. I was getting properties under contract and rushing home, getting them up on the website and texting and emailing out all the buyers and then making the posts and you know doing all the things that we talked about in the first 10 episodes of wholesaling and how to wholesale. And after a couple months of that, you know, it was great. I was doing deals, I was making money. And after a couple months of that though, I realized that the money's really in the follow-up in this business. And if I was going to be good at follow-up, that was going to take a lot of time, a ton of time, because sometimes you can't get the deal right away. Most times you can get the deal right away. And you have to call the seller, you know, every week or two or even, you know, it depends on the, on the frequency. It could even be monthly. And just follow up and say, hey, you know, this is Dave. I'm calling you from, the, you, know, the, you know, my company, and I want to buy your house. And, you know, what's going on? Are you ready to sell yet? Has your motivation changed? I wouldn't say that, but that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it just became one of those things where it was like I couldn't do it all myself. And if I did, I'd either be working more and more and more, you know, or um, I just wasn't doing all the things that were necessary to run a successful business. Yeah. So to me, it was like, you know what, being able to have partners, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna now have to split this pie. You know, instead of owning 100% of a company, I, I now have a 25% share in a company because – it's me, myself, and then we have two other partners, you know, but we can do at least four times as many deals as one person could at least. And, you know, we're, get, I, we're getting there. I think we're definitely up to about that level. Yeah, I mean, when, when you initially get together, I feel like everyone's kind of doing the same thing. So it, in my opinion, it kind of slowed us down a it little did. bit. It did. Um, and it does. It takes a lot of time to merge your ways of doing things right. into a way that works for all of you. Um, but stepping back, so I'll kind of give the reason that, that teamwork and joining a team has, has helped me so much. So when I started, I, uh, it took me a long time to get my first deal. Uh, then I started doing it and started rolling. I had a partner at the time um, and really started to do really well. Then we split up, and then I kind of went through peaks and valleys. In your, in your very beginning, you had a partner? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, so started out, uh, I mean, I looked at him as a mentor more than anything, right. uh, but then he kind of said, hey, you kind of bust your ass a lot. Let's let's work together. Partner up or right. whatever, for right. whatever the reason. So anyways, I uh, had a partner beginning, uh, split up with him, and when I was working as a solopreneur, I went through peaks and valleys. So I would, just as Dave described, I would grind, 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 and I'd be working, you know, 10, 12 hours, and then I'd be successful, and I would take my foot off the gas on my marketing and my follow-up, and I would start to inch back into, oh, shit, where's my next deal? And I'd have a little trough, and it'd be a while. Then I'd start ramping it up again, working, grinding, have another deal, be or a couple deals or whatever it was, have some success, and then I'd lay back off again. Right. So I'd have these peaks and valleys, and um, I I 
got down on myself too for it. But again, it's one of those things where you can't grind yourself 14 hours a day every day. Or some people can. I personally. Well, who uh, wants to though? You know, that's the that's another point though. Like, yeah, you can. I did it for a year, mm-hmm. several years really, as just in several different businesses prior to wholesaling. But who wants to do that? Yeah. You know, I think one of the best things about having a team is being able to have the right person, right seat. So you don't have to spend 14 hours a day running the business. Mm-hmm. You know, ideally, and we talked about this in our company meeting just a day or two ago, you know, we'd all like to work, you know, two, three, maybe four hours a day, you know, every day versus put in the 12 or 14. With the full understanding that we'll make less money as a percentage of it right but hopefully because we have a large team built the pie will be bigger right it's a bigger pie so i'd rather have a smaller slice of a huge pie than the entire the whole pie if it's just a baby crumb right like the uh the mcdonald's pies right you know? <laughs> two for a dollar right They're tiny little pies right delicious but right you know i'd rather have a huge one from a local shout out here sugar fire grill right you right. had their pies? Pretty oh, tasty. They're delicious. They're pretty tasty. They're so, I'd ra- again, I'd rather have a, a piece of a much larger pie, and I think that's uh, the reason for it. Right. So we kind of touched on the solopreneur thing. It's tough. It's a grind. Well, you can't um, scale. If you are a solopreneur, you know, like, you can work, you know, if you're working 9 or 10 hours a day, yeah, you can you can go to 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I encourage anyone to do, but that's it's something that's possible. It but, gets old pretty quick. But you can't go from 14 to 18. You have to sleep. You have to eat. Well, you have to have work-life balance. Like, there's only you, so much you can scale as a, as a solopreneur. You can't go point. past 24 hours. Right. I mean, period. There's so many hours you, in a day. You, you can't work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. You will die. So, right. That is a physical <laughs> limit. All humans that have. That is a physical limit. <laughs> so by having, you know, a team, that's another great point, though, is that you have the ability to scale. You know, you can hire more people or you can just right person, right seat. You can say, listen, you're really, really good at this, at following up or going on appointments or whatever it is that you're good at. You know, let's have you focus on doing that and just that. And then I'll take on the other responsibilities. And as your team grows, you can actually get more and more and more niche with each person's you know, responsibilities and duties. So at this point. Yeah, which is awesome. So that's kind of like the whole story of our economy after the Industrial Revolution, too. So that was something that before in an agrarian, uh, what is it called, agrarian society, farming, mm-hmm. everybody kind of did a little everything. Like you would go hunt for your food, you'd grow your crops, you'd do this, you'd do that. Um, but then as the Industrial Revolution hit, that's when we began to specialize, and that's when things got significantly better for society as a whole. You had blacksmiths, uh, and I'm going to just blow past it because I'm not an expert on it. I just know this is kind of how the world works. Right. So then when you specialize, you don't know how to do everything anymore, and money allowed us to do that. So I only know how to do one special thing, and I'm really good at it. So that provides a higher value to society, and they're mm-hmm. willing to pay me for it. So Absolutely. same thing in the company. If you can specialize in that one part of the business, and let's talk about wholesaling then. Right. Um, so like I, I think that I'm kind of the marketing lead. You are. Uh, You're the best at, at it. Yeah, I'm pretty good at the marketing, mm-hmm. so I, I handle a lot of that. Um, and then Dave... Dave's one of those guys, it's kind of annoying because he's really good at everything. <laughs> Don't so, flatter me. So you just want to, uh, Well, no, and that's that, not and that, true at but all. But that also provides. I just like being around people. I'm a people person. So, yeah. you know, but that I, also provides challenges for Dave uh, in letting his hands off of some things, too, uh, because he can do things, a lot, many things well. Hmm. So it is, it's, uh, anyways, so Dave is one of our. Um, I like to be out in the field. I like to get out and meet the people and, you know, try to close a deal or just get on the phone with people and, and follow up and, uh. You know, let them know, hey, you know, the home isn't worth what you think it's worth, and 
I want to help you. I want to buy it. Looking for that win-win and just mm-hmm. convince them that, you know, the offer that I'm making isn't unreasonable, you know, based on the you know current circumstances and so on and so forth. So, you know, again, we kind of do pivot from from different roles, but I like to take on that role. Mike's very good at that as well, but he also touches on the marketing. We also within our company have a closing coordinator mm-hmm. that does nothing but coordinate closings, and we brought her on. Uh, just a couple months ago, maybe three months ago or so, mm-hmm. and it has completely changed the business. Completely, well, in my I mean, opinion. full full transparency. I mean, I'm I'm fine with sharing exactly how our company was formed. I mean, so we had a person in the role trying to be everything for us, like doing all just the like admin. we were though too. Yeah, trying to do the, all the admin, and that was overwhelming. So we kind of pivoted and said, your role is strictly. Uh, focus on the closings. Keep all that on track. Right. And, and whenever that, you fi- whenever you finish that job for the day, then feel free to jump in mm-hmm. on the admin stuff or whatever else is needed. But first and foremost, when you come in, your main job: contact the title company, contact the seller, contact the buyer. Make sure that everything, all the all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I like to. Uh, I mean, again, you don't need that right off the bat. I mean, we're we're kind of. I think we're starting to hit our stride now, and we're up to probably. And I always give a, a bigger range because I don't. Again, I, I've never been one to brag either, but I say 10 to 20 closings like a month. Yeah, I'd say at least 15. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, sure. again, so you can say I, I just am going to go with 10 on the low side, maybe 20 on our, our busier months. Sure, sure. And uh, again, so that's gonna, that's enough to keep somebody busy uh, working on just closing. Full time. And it's, yeah, again, I think it's one of the things that's helping us it's really really start to hit our stride. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, I, so let's I talk about get, the team still. Yeah, like kind of get kind of get off sidetracked or whatever. So the team. So I do a lot of the marketing. Dave runs appointments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we all run appointments. Of course. Um, it's one of the things he focuses on more. Dave is also really good at tech, so he kind of helps us uh, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a lot of that as well. Then we've got Bill and Ray, and Bill is a he's uh, a character, is what he he's is. a character, <laughs> and he's he's like an idea man. Like he just has these crazy ideas, and they somehow work. He, yeah, Bill's great. He's a great, great resource, great partner. Um, when it comes to selling deals, I'm impressed every day. Yeah, it at, is unbelievable at, at his ability to sell deals, and um, you know, put people in a role to be investors. He's really, really good at at getting people to 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 not have the fear. Oh, I don't, I don't know if this is something that I want to do. I don't, I don't know if I want to buy this particular property, and you know. We call Ray the Rhino, but Bill's kind of a Rhino too, man. He is. Yeah. He tells people, "Hey, you know, you, if you want to be an investor, if you want to get passive income, if you want to quit your job, you need to do this." And he's very good at it, and he sells deals. And but and not only does he make the company money, but he's he's setting other people up for success by becoming landlords and having yeah properties. And, and he's not pushing bad deals. No, no, not either. at all. That's the other. We thing. wouldn't buy him. If right. We we're we're in the business of finding good deals, win win, providing good deals to people. So right. No, he is. He's an excellent, excellent salesman. Uh, Ray is. Um, Ray's the rhino. Ray's the rhino. That's yeah, right. I mean, there's no other way to describe him. Ray's the rhino. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to do this. It just gets it done. Right. Uh, Ray handles a little bit more of the accounting side, uh, the bookkeeping rather. I and mean, we have an accounting uh, company as well that helps us. Mm-hmm. So. And gets he gets a ton of deals too. Yeah. So again, we we all kind of fall into mm-hmm. our stronger suits. And we've all kind of complemented each other well. So when you are building out your team, it's nice to find a group of people that are like-minded. Right. One of our things is, or uh, one of our mottos, I guess, is um, equal equal uh, work and equal compensation. What, what is it? Uh, shoot, I can't remember it now off the top of my head. 
shared work and shared uh, there it is. shared work sh- shared effort shared work shared rewards shared rewards yep yeah so it's basically we all know that we're contributing probably should know that that is a we we're having our meeting this, <laughs> this Saturday so we we also follow something called the EOS model or the entrepreneurial operating system it's a great model traction traction yeah you've got to read that book traction if you're thinking about building a team it is well or if you even kind of have a small team I think it's definitely the way traction to... and uh, what's the other book about the girl that makes the pies and oh man I can't think of it right now the one uh... crickets over here I don't know that one it's not coming uh, to my brain at all I'll think of it but we'll yeah, put traction. it in the show notes yeah go on back to traction th- after we I'll think, think of it. it here in a second all right so <clears throat> so basically it allows you to specialize which again it allows society in general and your company to do better I mean, mm-hmm. you can do more by doing less. Right. Um, you have other people do things. So let's talk about that, and then let's talk about, um, I guess, virtual assistants then. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. another another couple of key players on our team. And, and we're only really listing the people that I think are... Um, well, the main part of our company. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, people that we would consider to be junior buyers, that they're not on the salary, they're not on the payroll. Um, they're more a more joint venture you know, associates. It is. It's, where it's, we say, hey, we got more leads than we can handle. Go work these. And if you can work them and bring up, bring us the deal, then, you know, we'll be happy to give you 40, 50, even 60% of the deal, depending on the amount of work that you did to go bring that to us. So mm-hmm. we have anywhere from three to 10 people at any given time that we would consider to be our junior buyers. And they are partners. They're just not owners and or on Yeah, salary. and it's hard, it's hard to even call them junior buyers. You know, like, I, I don't know what the right word is. I mean, they because they, they are not employees. Sure. I mean, we do not consider them employees, um, but they're not owners of the company. Just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, JVs. they're just J, JV partners. Joint, joint venture partners. partners. Yeah. Right. And they're great. Um, again, it's, uh, it's kind of somebody like you maybe listening who hasn't done a deal. Well, we've got a lot of leads coming in. We'll kind of pre-vet it. We've got some virtual assistants on there. And we'll say, hey, listen, this is a teed up deal. Go out there and see if you can't make something of it. Right, right. And, and also, a right person, right seat. Like for instance, uh, we have a we have you know one of our joint venture partners who he lives about fifteen or twenty minutes northwest of our office, and none of the other owners or partners live in that area. So if we get a deal in that area, it's not, it's, there's no reason that I couldn't drive myself up there and go vet that deal. But he's already there, and it makes sense. He knows those streets. He knows those neighborhoods. He knows the values of those properties a lot better. And I would rather say, hey, go work this deal. You know it better. You're going to have a better chance of getting a better price on it than me. You know, I'd be more than happy to split it with you just because it's just going to be easier for you to work it. Mm-hmm. You know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, and so the, the other thing is these junior buyers, um, eventually, I mean, Phil is more, more keen on this one, is talking about replacing yourself. Mm. So, I mean, if you're building a true business, eventually you do. I mean, we want to step out of our roles eventually. We do. So we're happy to hand those off to these other people. And as they come up and as we work more and more deals with them and get to know them better and right. uh, as they progress as well, I mean, we're, we're happy to hand off more responsibilities from our company and compensate them, obviously, right. for doing so. So, again, smaller so. piece of the pie, but bigger pie. Right. Well, let's talk about virtual assistants, Mike. Yeah. We I'm have sorry, we got no, 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 yeah. don't be. So we have two virtual assistants as of today. And I would imagine that in the in the coming months we will probably pick up a third one. Yeah, by the time this is published, we'll probably have three. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, but the two virtual assistants that we have now are rock stars. We we love them. They're um, they're great guys. They pretty much do all of the administrative work for us at this point. 
and their roles consist of answering the phones, both on the seller side and the buyer side. They schedule appointments for myself, Mike, Ray, and Bill. Mm -hmm. They run comps and provide us with an MAO. So we've kind of trained them to say, hey, you know, this area, this zip code, you know, we can do um, an ARV times 7%, 70%, or an ARV times 80%, or so on and so forth. And they can provide those comps to us prior to the appointment. And let me kind of jump in there. Please. So that's something uh, that's really important is that we trained them on the way that we do it. Right. So that's another thing is everyone in your team, um, the reason you're the you're the owner of the company is because you're developing the processes that work for you mm. and that work in your market. Yeah. So we've developed those processes and handed those off to our virtual assistants saying, hey, this is what works for us. This is how we want you to do it. Do this for this. And it works. It works. I mean, it that's the... Great. Yeah, so you've got to develop your processes first before you give it to someone else. You can't blame them for doing something wrong if you never told them how you wanted it done right. Absolutely. And that's something, again, as, as you grow a company, I think you learn. And, you know, Mike and, my, and myself, we, we get together at least once a week, if not twice a week, and talk about, you know, additional training. And we both have the mindset that if the virtual assistants, you know, aren't doing something right, that it's not their fault. It's our fault because we haven't trained them properly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but back to their duties, you know, they, they're on the phones, they, they run comps, they set appointments for us, and then they are follow-up machines. Mm -hmm. And that is, in my opinion, one of their biggest strengths, because following up on 800 leads, you know, even if, even if you only have to call those people every other week, that's 400 phone calls that need to be made a week. And if I had to make 400 phone calls a week, I would have zero time to do anything else. Well, this is in addition to new incoming calls on top and of that. all the clerical work. It, it, it's a full-time job. It's and you full-time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why Dave and I both, my peaks and valleys, and Dave working 12, 14 hours a day. Right. I mean, to, to keep up with all that is, it's monumental. Uh, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge right. undertaking. And we so. have certain leads that I literally have uh, the virtual assistants call every single day. There's a one lead that I can think of right now. Um, that we have been calling every day for almost two months. <laughs> and we're going to get the deal. I'm, I'm, I'm so persistent well, that we're going to get it because we keep calling. And what's, what's great about that, though, too, is your virtual assistant is going to build a relationship with this person as well. So real estate is a numbers right. game, a people business. It's, also, it's a relationship uh, business, though. Absolutely. So you're building a relationship with this person as well. And by having that phone call every day or every other day, whatever the virtual assistant's doing, you're establishing the relationship saying, hey, Mr. Seller or Mr. Property Owner, I want to buy this house. We want to buy this house. Like, we are calling you because we want to buy it. Right. Like, so then when somebody else drops a letter in the mail and they see it, I mean, they may throw it away. Oh, I've got somebody who's looking to buy it. i got a guy that's calling me every day. Yeah, like this dude wants <laughs> he this He is house. excited to buy this house. Yeah, so right? it's one of those things where <laughs> the, the money's in the fault. They've said it earlier, and that's a huge thing to be able to – uh, to outsource that to your virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do that until you're comfortable with that person on the phones either. Right. Again, I mean, it's very right. important that you are uh, are training your virtual assistant the way you want them to be. Right, right. Be calling people. So, yeah, just the importance of having, you know, having somebody to do administrative work. They don't have to be virtual, but I would highly recommend getting an assistant once you get to the point where you can afford one. Mm -hmm. You know, and even if you're, like, on the edge, like, oh, I'm, I'm making enough to where I can afford one, but I don't know if I want to do it. My my 
my advice to you would be do it because it's going to it's going to it's going to alleviate so many of these tasks that are very very important tasks but they're tasks that take away from you you know running your business you need to be spend at least 20% of your time working on the business in my opinion if not more than in the business Again, in our situation, it's you different, know. too. I mean, because we've got four owners, so if we're 20%, each one of us is spending 20% working on the business, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, right. I mean, that's almost somebody all day, every day is working on the business in addition to us kind of working in the business. Right. Uh, but I think it also, it's a progress, as a progression. So the, as you f- move farther and farther <clears throat> out of your role in the business, obviously, you're going to be working on it more and more right. until you can kind of let it run on autopilot. Absolutely. So that's, Yeah. Right. It's pretty cool. And again, I've, I've said it earlier, it's, it's very exciting to be an owner of a real business and something that really feels like a real business. I'm not talking about setting up an LLC. I mean, I've done that in the past. I've had plenty of those prior to this. Right. But to have something that really operates like a company it's is a exciting. Machi- it's a machine. Yeah, it is. It, it is a machine, man. We're building a machine. Well, it's cool. Here. I mean, here's a perfect example. Mike just got back from like, what, a 14-day road trip? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Right? You know? Yeah. And we missed him. And he was obviously working, you know, a little bit here and there when he could, but he was with his wife. Not enough, yeah. We well, not it doesn't matter. I mean, we get it. Like, we're we're in business to make money. We we don't work to live. We we you know, I'm sorry. We don't live live to to work. work. We work to live. Yeah. So the point is though, is that you were gone, and when you came back a day or two ago, we had like six or seven deals. Dude, unbelievable. Sold. That you didn't even that know day, about that day. That's what I was. I was trying to catch up. I'm like, I don't know. Right, I, but it's great though because yeah. that gives everybody the ability to take a week or two vacation whenever they want and know that when they get back, the rest of the company has, you know, oh, it's awesome. Has made money for the group. Well, and so. and that whole me being able to leave and not thinking, oh my gosh, all the marketing that I've put in place, no one's going to answer that until I get back. Or right. oh my gosh, all the all the you know. The issues I'm going to have to come back with. I'm not going to have 72 voicemails. Yeah, but nine, 90% of the stuff was handled. Like, right. I only have a few things that I really had to, to jump on and get, right. get taken care of. And but you hit the ground running right when you came back. Yeah, it's great. You know? So. I mean, it really is. So Absolutely. One, one other thing I want to touch on, Mike, you may have another topic or two mm-hmm. as well, but one other thing I want to touch on is even if you're, if you're new to this business and you're not to the point where you want to start building your team – However, I would highly recommend you build a team and do it as soon as possible. But if you're not at that point yet, you can still partner with other people that may be hands-off. So, like, you could essentially, you know, go out and partner with a money guy. And they could be silent. They could be a silent partner in your business or just loan you money. But you're still creating a team if you think about it. You know, you're going to put in the sweat equity and you're going to go out and find the deals. And they they may be the ones that have, you know, some money to help you close on those deals or back you, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, being a solopreneur isn't a bad idea, but it's just, in my opinion, it's impossible to scale. It's impossible to ever really have something big, you know, without having a team. Well, so. and, there, and there is, there's inherent risk with it. And I think we're really lucky. And I, again, I, I really do think we've got a great company and we're still building it and going to be, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to go national before we know it. Sure. But l- long story short, there is a lot of risk with it, too. Um, that's something, again, you've got to be comfortable with. So that goes back to the selection process. So as Dave was saying, you know, you're kind of building team to, to help you and to loosely partner with. I mean, that's something you shouldn't be scared of. And uh, Dave has a great outlook on it is no other person who's wholesaling is really a competitor. I mean, these are all people mm. that we're going to be able to work with. 
on deals. Oh, when I, I mean, see another email that comes over with the with the wholesale property, I'm excited. I don't I'm not like, damn it, that guy beat me to it. I don't. I just don't have that mindset. Well, let's talk about the deal that just happened the other day. Let's I mean, talk crazy, about it. Crazy little awesome deal. deal. Crazy little deal. Right. So and again, and we don't look at. Well, Dave, I'll, I'll let you do it. I mean, you, you know all the. You got to keep me in a time frame because I could go on for a half hour. All right, we'll it. give you. Get three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Give us the, the three minute version. So this is a this is a really cool deal. So this is a deal that um, talking about the, talking about Russell. 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 Yeah. Okay. So this is a deal that was sent over to Bill by an agent, and it was a deal that um, is it's a pretty it's a pretty there's compli- so many there's so many parts to it. So just do right. It's a pretty complicated deal. It's hard for me to even the Brad explain. Part. Just do the Bill us and then. Uh, Ryan on the back side of it. Got it. Okay. So there, uh, so Bill got, gets, gets a deal over from an agent and we send somebody out to go look at the deal and we're like, okay, we think we can make a decent amount of money wholesale on the deal, you know, 10,000 10, give or take. So the, we get the deal under contract and we send it out to all of our buyers and we start showing the property. Well, we get a call from another uh, real estate company here in town, a nice big company and they do a ton of retail, they do a ton of wholesale, they do a ton of rehabs. Anyway, the owner, he's a friend of mine, calls me and he says, hey, um, I have this deal under contract. And I was like, oh, okay, I, you know, I apologize if I'm stepping on your toes, like that's not my intent, um, but we have it under contract too. So either my contract's void or your contract's void. You know, either way, I want to work this out and, you know, if we can work together on it, we will. And if I have to walk away, then yeah, I'll, walk, I'll walk away. Yeah, we're yeah. not trying. We're not trying to make enemies. This is another. Again, like I said, it's it's a uh, joint. Oh yeah, I was happy that else. I got the call because mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a frightening thing. Like oh shit, I screwed up. It was more like, okay, hey, let's figure this out because you know either we screwed up or we didn't. Let's figure that right, out. Right. Just what's going on? What's going on? Exactly. And, and on a side note, the, that gentleman, great great guy, a friend of mine, had sent out one of my deals a couple months prior that he didn't have under contract. So it was kind of funny because. And I was like, uh-oh, I just did what you did, you know. But whatever, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. So anyway, um, you know, we start kind of investigating, and it turns out that he did have the property under contract um, a couple weeks prior, but the property went to a foreclosure sale. Yeah, the tax auction. It went and it sold on at, at, the, at the auction, you know, at the courthouse. So it was a new owner. So he had a contract on a property with a seller that no longer owned the property. He didn't know it, and I didn't know it until he saw the email that went out with the deal. Yeah. So a long story, make a long story short, I'll wrap this up. He's like, hey, I had it under contract. I don't anymore. You know, bummer. You do. However, I already had the deal sold. I, you know, I had it, I had it under contract to buy. I marketed it, and I had it sold. And I was like, well, great. Let's just team up. Let's sell it together, you know? And he said fantastic like I don't have a problem with that and you know I said fantastic as well so he already has a buyer lined up for the deal and we're going to joint venture on it and split it 50 50 so we didn't really have to do a whole lot on that deal we, we did market it we did show it a couple mm-hmm. times and if for anything if anything happens with that buyer then I'm sure we'll have no problem selling it to somebody else but it was one of the easier deals well, and, that and we've s- ever done because the we reason- didn't have to do much other than get a call from him saying I already got a buyer on it Fantastic. Yeah. And the reason I really wanted to us to share that story was it's it's a mindset too. So if if Dave had said, Well listen, I got her in a contract, get out of here. Hey, screw you, yeah. man. This is no, my this deal. This is my deal. 
And and it's with anyone. So even if this, if, I would never do that. Right. And if it wasn't like another company, even if it was just a, a random wholesaler, right. if he's already got it sold, why are you going to be? I mean, again, you don't know. We don't know. But again, you always want to be building relationships. Yeah, we'll just with have other an people. abundance mindset. Yeah, you just you want know? to be building those relationships because you just never know how easy things can work out. Right. And he's right. going to make a little bit of money. We're going to make a little bit of money. We don't know. I mean, maybe he's making less. Maybe he's making more now. Doesn't matter to us. We're Doesn't gonna, matter. We're going to make yeah. a little bit. We didn't have to do much more than a couple of phone calls. Right. Right. So, but again, you know, I think that Mike's got a great point. You know, you don't, you can team up with anybody and everybody at different points in your life and career and business, you know, so in this particular deal, we're teaming up with a competitor, but again, I don't look at them as competitors. I look at them as strategic partners because yes, they're doing the same thing that I'm doing, but they can leverage my buyer's list. I can leverage their buyer's list. They can leverage my marketing efforts, so on and so forth. So just because we're going after the same deals and we're making money in the same business space, doesn't mean that we can't work together, mm -hmm. you know? So teamwork, man, teamwork. If you don't have a team, I highly recommend building one. It will allow you to work less, make more, mm -hmm. you know, as you grow your team. Maybe not right away. It, it isn't right away. as you grow it your team. It probably won't be right away. Right. I mean, that's another thing. To, in full disclosure, I mean, we I, I mean, we took a step back in our earnings uh, when, we, when we came together. And like I said, now we're kind of hitting our stride, and I feel like we're starting to get – uh, paced up to to hopefully make some more money like we we had been like we, we had been right usually. right and then and then you know after six months after that we're hoping to oh my continue God. to make that money if not grow it but also work less yeah replace I mean, ourselves and you know get into some other avenues other than just wholesale yeah it's very so. exciting so I mean I think that is just a, another uh, thing to be aware of so when you start your investing career um, you probably are going to be a solopreneur which makes sense you're going to build a, a loose team. Uh, if you do rehabbing or wholesaling, you're going to build a loose team of people that kind of help you here and there. And, um, yeah, I mean, pretty exciting. And so that's right. team, teamwork makes the dream work. My, hey, teamwork buddy, makes the dream work. My buddy Dave likes to say. I got that from my buddy Damon. That's a great quote. And who knows where he got it from. That's but. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, let's, end, let's close it out, man. Give us a, go ahead and give us the, the ending quote if you don't mind. Let's do it. Uh, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. And working together is success. And that's by Henry Ford. So somewhat successful entrepreneur. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the uh, Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you haven't, please go back, listen to our first couple episodes, and uh, check out the free wholesale course if you're looking to get started in real estate investing. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.